Hello, and welcome to episode number 13 of Michael's Record Collection, the podcast. I'm Michael Citro, your host, and this episode I'm going to be talking to Annie Haslam of the legendary symphonic progressive rock group Renaissance. The band has a new box set out, and it's a 50th anniversary live set. I don't want to name it right now because it's got a really long title, and I said it twice in the episode. And I just don't want to add that much extra time to the episode. But uh, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Annie is a lot of fun. And I I had a good time uh, learning a little bit about uh, the process and about uh, Annie's past. And uh, so I think that'll come through. Before we get going, I want to remind you we have a brand new website, michaelsrecordcollection.com. You can go there and basically it's a repository. You can find out about the newsletter about the YouTube channel, you can see some videos, you get to hear some podcasts, you get to read some newsletter stories, and uh, also don't forget about the Patreon, it's uh, patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection, if you like what you hear, uh, I invite you to support the program, and I invite you to uh, support it at whatever level you're comfortable with, of course, more benefits and more things that you get if you uh, sign up at higher levels, but for basically the less than a price of a Starbucks coffee, uh, you can keep this thing going and show your support. So, so here we go. This is uh, Annie Haslam of Renaissance. All right, uh, welcome to another edition of Michael's Record Collection. I'm uh, very honored to be joined by Annie Haslam from the band Renaissance. We have a new release coming out here, uh, or actually it just came out, uh, 50th anniversary, Ashes Are Burning, an anthology, live in concert with the Renaissance Chamber Orchestra. That's quite a mouthful. Who picked that title? It It couldn't have been longer. (laughs) Yeah, it it was difficult to know what to call it, really. Uh, but we thought Ashes of Burning was, was good because it's such, you know, such a popular, popular song. And um, I'd already done a, a painting for it that we had behind us before on stage. And I thought that we could use parts of that for the cover and things, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody knows the song. So that's why um, uh, we put an anthology because we were concerned that people might think it's the whole album we were doing, you know, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't matter. Everybody seemed to be very happy with what we did, you know. Yeah, it's a very prog name for the uh, for the release. Very long and, uh, <laughs> uh, but I like it. Uh, this is your first high resolution <laughs> Blu-ray concert. First, uh, first high high yeah. res Blu-ray, and um, this is a a box set with two CDs, a DVD, and a Blu-ray. It was a live recording, and it was. Uh, it was recorded October 12, 2019 at the Keswick Theater in Glenside, Pennsylvania. It's a very nice theater. I've been there before. Yeah. And uh, this came out on the 23rd, I believe, April 23rd in the U.S. and Canada on Symphonic Rock Recordings. And uh, everywhere else on April 30th on Cherry Red Records. And uh, that, I believe, sold out at Cherry Red because I went online today and, and looked at it. But maybe they'll be getting more in. You can get it on Amazon and all the, the the usual places. Who gets to claim ownership for the title? I know we just talked about how long the title is. Who, who's whose uh, whose idea was it? <laughs> um, it was it was mine to put anthology in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't remember. I mean, my memory's got so foggy since the last two years of losing all our work. You know, so it was, mm-hmm. it's difficult. But yeah, I mean, I feel like a different person in some ways. I have to force myself to, I, I laugh a lot usually, but I've cried a lot, you know, since mm-hmm. like, like we all have, not crying yeah. for ourselves, but crying for the planet, you know, but um, no, I, I, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, Ray Tessar is, is uh, my keyboard player and MD and he's, he was in my solo band as well. And uh, we, he helps me with this, certain business things. And, you know, um, so I'm very, very fortunate to have a, a good, some good people around me. Um, yeah, it was long, but we still wanted to get the orchestra in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, it, it has to be in there because that's how it should have been the whole of our careers. We should have had an orchestra everywhere. Um, so it, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is long, but we had to put them in and then we had to do something about Ashes of Bernie. So we had to add anthology. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So you mentioned Rave. He, he plays, uh, on this keyboards, uh, Mark Lambert plays uh, guitars and vocals. Uh, Jeffrey Langley with keyboards and vocals. 
Leo Traversa, bass, guitar, vocals, and Frank Pagano, drums, percussion, and vocals, and of course yourself on vocals, yeah. and the Renaissance Chamber Orchestra, which is a 10-piece. Are there, are there added complications with doing um, songs live with an orchestra? Do you have to change anything around with the... With the... I think everybody else is uh, is okay with it, really. I mean, it's obviously different because of um, they didn't wear in ears. Thank goodness, because I'm deaf in one ear, and it's since the you know they were invented. Uh, I, I think I started wearing them in 2020. It, it was a big boon for me, but because um, my monitors are so loud, it, it messed up the stage sound. But um, uh, it, yeah, it, because the, the the orchestra didn't wear in ears. <clears throat> they had monitors so I think that's all that messing around that's got to be done for that if, if there's a if there's any leakage you know because they were behind us they were, they were a good mm, about six feet behind us maybe a bit, a bit, a bit with me I was at the front of the stage but Frank the drummer he is probably the closest to them mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I would say that the only problem might have been a, a couple of times uh, the leakage but it, it didn't I don't think you really hear it and if you do it doesn't matter because it's a live show live mm -hmm. performance you know I, I um I'm very picky and I I I, I didn't really want to do a blu-ray because it's like oh oh don't see <laughs> close up you know and everything you know? <laughs> it's different from a, for a woman you know to go on stage um and then a man i mean they don't really care so much do you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. not that they don't care well it is but because they, they're men you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh i didn't mean it like that uh, no no it's good <laughs> no, i didn't mean it like that at all but um uh, yeah so i think it was i was concerned for myself and i remember the first time we did that was in 2017 and the first show we did was ridgefield connecticut and um i, I was I was concerned at the sound check, thinking because uh, if too much goes in this ear, uh, uh, then I've, I've got to bring my voice up, and I, you, you've got to be very careful how loud you have it when it's so close to your ear, the ear monitor. I mean, it does kind of uh, filter out um, sounds that might, you know, pitches that might be harmful. But even so, you don't want to come off with it. it, it your, your ear done. So it was a little difficult the first time for me. I had to get used to it. But everybody else was fine, you know, because they're music, they're playing all the time, they're, you know, doing other gigs and, and different kinds of music. Uh, whereas I don't, I only really perform when we go out. So I've, I've not, you know, especially filming. We haven't really had that much experience with being filmed, mm -hmm. and which is a shame because Carnegie Hall and the Royal Albert Hall should have been filmed, and they weren't. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, aside from the the appearance uh, concern about your appearance, it, you know, what kind of pressures or or complications are there? You know, for performing for you know when this you know this is going to be a video document. Uh, do you have to hit certain marks or anything like that? What do you mean? <laughs> like uh, like like marks on the stage where you know you need to be in a certain place for a certain camera to get you from a, a certain angle, that kind of thing. Well, you know that's that's yeah that it, that's the other thing um, that is complicated, and you know we uh, you know we don't have a big record company behind us to pay for any of this, and we were very fortunate to have an Indiegogo um, a crowdfunding thing to make this happen. Otherwise, we can't possibly do it. The money wouldn't be there to pay it. You know, sixteen people for a start, mm -hmm. 
on top of everything else and the recording of blah, blah, blah. And, but we have the most incredible fans. I mean, you can tell by the looks on the faces in the video and they just the way they reacted, but they followed us through and then they've, they've helped us so much with a couple of the crowdfunding things that we did. Um, but um, yet, apart from the band, you have to have a, a mixer, you have to have a, a stage, a permanent stage person that you take around with you as well, like a, a stage manager. Mm -hmm. But when you're filming, you need more people. And um, we have a lighting guy, lighting guy that could deal with the video as well that we put behind, you know, the paintings. I got a separate person to do some movement in some of the paintings that were up behind the orchestra that you see. Um, but um, if we did that again, I would I would bring in another two a couple of people to because it's so much going on and there was we you know we did have direction uh, uh, obviously but um, a lot of people don't realize what goes into it I mean it's it's non-ending there's so many people involved in it you know yeah you you mentioned the paintings these are these are your paintings that were served as the backdrops and you had you had one for each song is that correct yeah were these paintings that you had already done and you matched them to songs or did you, no. you you did each one with that song in mind no in in 2017 when we decided to use the orchestra i thought oh my god this is my opportunity to show my art you know i mean i was already selling it fans are eating up these little four by six paintings that they're collecting now and that's what i was doing but this was an opportunity for them to be out in the world you know on a dvd and, and that was 2017 and I, what i did is i just i mean i know the song so well and i can i can paint a song i just listen to it mm -hmm. and, I, and i don't even look at anything it just pours through me what whatever comes i don't know where it comes from to be honest and so I thought, right, I'm going to do a song. I'm going to do a painting for each song. Because somebody said to me one day, how did you do so many paintings? How did you paint? It's 12 foot by 24 foot. I said, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was 12 inches by 24 inches. <laughs> I was not a ladder, you know, painting. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's, you know, they just came easily. And um, I was so thrilled the first time we did it, you know, I kept looking, I wanted to look around and I, you know, I was like, hang on a minute, I'm gonna miss my lines here. But it, <laughs> it was so wonderful to have the orchestra and uh, first time in 40 years, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, and then to have my artwork there as well, which just gave it a little bit of an extra, you know, and this time round, I, I had to do it again, but I used different paintings. So when you put the set list together for this or, or any set list for, uh, for Renaissance, it's, you've got, you've got 50 years to draw on. How does the set list come together? And as the vocalist, how much input do you have in this, in the song order so that you can get proper rest uh, in between? Uh, well, I have all, all, all the power in the world because I'm the <laughs> captain of the ship now, you know, no, I didn't mean it like that, but um, no, this is why with, with Raven now we've worked, he knows he's like Mickey, Mickey knew every note that I, could sing and couldn't sing or would be best in starting off in a certain key and where it should go. And Rave is just like that. He he knows all of that. Um, but we have such an amazing catalogue of music. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you think about it, uh, like if we only go around once a year, which uh, I think 2019, I think we only played in the fall. I don't I don't think we did anything in the in the spring. But so we have to do the we have to think about the favorites. You know, we didn't do Mother Russia this time around because we did it the last time. So that you can't mm -hmm. keep adding them because most of them are long. The best, really the best ones are the long ones. Mm -hmm. And so, but I do have to think about also, am I singing enough? If I if we did all long songs. Then I'd be at the back of the stage playing the tambourine most of the time because it, there's a lot of instrumentals, you know. So right. I think we got a good. It was difficult though, you know. It, there were so many great songs we could have chosen, but it, it, it's that's a challenge. Uh, and, and but nobody's complained, you know. <laughs> and of course, yeah. bringing Jim McCarthy into the mix, um, he was at my audition, and that's the mm -hmm. song "Island." Is the song that I sang for my audition that got me the job.
great that's what i was going to ask you about yeah. is what it was like being on a stage with him when you haven't worked together in so long well i've never worked on stage with him mm -hmm. i did do uh, um he myself and louis sinamo who was the original bass player in renaissance got together my gosh when was it maybe early 80s it was a long time ago and we thought let's see if we can write something together you know we started doing a couple of, like new agey kind of acoustic things but it didn't go anywhere it, it obviously wasn't meant to be but it was nice to be together but it was, that was that was a no and then when he, jim came over with the yardbirds the last few years and then us uh, and then he came over with his own band and played at the iridium in new york i went to see him so it was great to see him then and we were friends you know and he's got great sense of humor he's a lovely man and um so I, the first thing i thought here and i said to rave i said rave we got, we have to fly over um and I, actually, we, we were going to um, bring over Terry Sullivan as well. Um, and But it, unfortunately, circumstances didn't allow it, just the timing or whatever, um, because it would have been great having him in the band, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was great with Jim. Um, and, um, yeah, I'd like, I'd, I don't know what, what's going to happen in the future. We'll see, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that's going to be coming up in a question in a minute, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did you need to? Did you need to sort of talk Jim into it, or was he like just receptive no! right off the right no! off the bat? He was just jumped at the <laughs> yeah, chance. I'll come, yeah, I'll come. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he came over. I think he stayed over. I think he. I think he might have done a show somewhere a couple of nights before. He managed to get a little gig somewhere down his down south somewhere. Not down south, real south, but south of yeah. you know, Pennsylvania, New York, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But and uh, I think he saw some friends, or whatever. But yeah, it was perfect. The timing was just right, and um, it, it just worked out so well. And everybody loved him. He was he got on so well. And he was so thrilled. I mean, to have your song put to an you know an orchestra put on it because there was never an orchestra on it. You sound great on this on this uh, performance and. Your voice hasn't lost anything. You still hit those great high notes at the end of some of these songs when they build yeah. to the to the climax at the end. How do you keep your voice in such great shape? Do you do anything special? Uh, Indian curry and uh, French champagne. Uh, that they're my favorites, but no, <laughs> actually, I, I when I'm, I found out that eating curry, I like the, the paneer tikka masala. I used to eat chicken. I'm vegetarian now, um, but unfortunately, because I like it medium spicy, which is quite hot, it burns your vocal cords. 
Mm. It's it's you know common sense really. It's yeah. All these spices. So I cut down before you know. I mean, I used to have at least one a week, but I, I think I'm having like one every two weeks now. I go and get some for a friend and myself. But um, and and also drinking wine. That's not good either because it's acidic. That's not eats away at your vocal cords. So I, I really am very careful before touring uh, with my throat. <clears> throat> I want to go back a ways now and, and ask you sort of how old you were when you realized your voice was special and different than, than maybe some of your friends. Well, when I was six, I was thrown out of the school choir for singing too loud. So I didn't think I was going to be a singer. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then my auntie Joan and uncle Eric, my mother's sister um, and family, cousins as well, um, the older cousins sang in light opera in Buxton in Derbyshire in the Buxton Opera House there, the, mm -hmm. the Amateur Dramatic Society. And they they did a lot of Gilbert and Sullivan, you know, Ruddy Gore, the Mikado, Pirates of Penzance, you know. And I used to go when I was a little girl. And I think that when I went, when I was, I remember being about maybe 10, something like that. And I was sitting in a box. I had a box. I did. And I, I, we played in the Buxton Opera House in 2015. And I sat in the box and had a picture taken. But that's where the seed was planted, I think. Plus, my father was an amateur comedian singer. And, and when he used to practice at home, it, that, I'm, it, that used to go in. I didn't know because I was a little girl. But, I, I mean, it must have been that, you know. And then my brother, Michael, my, my father had a voice of a tenor. So if I'd have been older... I would have made a star out of him because he could have been a star in opera. I know he could. I know he's, I can remember his voice. Mm -hmm. But my brother Michael got that from my father as well and ended up being managed by Brian Epstein. You probably know that little bit of history. Yeah. Um, but as far as I, I, I had a boyfriend called Eric and he, he we went to parties. This was around 1969, 70, I think. And um, I used to see, used to hear me singing at parties and he said, let's put you in for some talent competitions. And I was really pretty shy and I said, oh, I don't know about that. And anyway, I did. And uh, we went to these, some of them were nice places. Some of them were like London pubs, you know, where the Cray brothers used to hang out mm -hmm. things like that, but real English pubs. And, um, and I used to win a lot of the competitions. So I, I, but I didn't really think anything like, oh, my voice is different or anything like that because I felt a little intimidated because all the other girls or the women, young women at the time that were going for the auditions used to wear high heels and, and, and show, you know, show the boobies and things, not show them, but you know, you know, right. it's completely different from me. So, <laughs> and some of them had great voices, but some of them didn't, but you know, it's, it was what they looked like. So I didn't mm -hmm. think that I would really get very far because of not, not, because of the way I look, but because I didn't really know at that point. I did go to an opera singer called um, Civil Knight for about nine months. Mm -hmm. um, that's after I went to Shirley Bassey's teacher first. And um, he couldn't, he loved my voice. He said it was unique, but he said he only took, and he wanted to take me on, but I had a day job, so I couldn't, couldn't do it then. But he said, you have a unique voice. And the lady that he passed me on to also said the same thing, because she said, I think you should be singing opera. But I said, I don't want that. I don't want to be stuck in one place. I, mm. I, I knew I knew that wasn't for me, but I didn't know Renaissance was coming up at all. Mm. And ended up in a cabaret group for six months. So you had a, a your family's very theatrical background. It sounds like you you your history with music probably started there. Did you, was there a point where you started to listen to popular music or rock music at all growing up? Yeah, well, uh, let me think about this, because when, when Michael was starting to, uh, he was practicing and everything before he got discovered, he used to, uh, I sh shared a bedroom with him and my two brothers, because it was a two up, two down and outside toilet, you know, one of those working class family, a row home, you call it here. And, um, but I remember he'd put Radio Luxembourg on. And so we'd listen to pop. You know, and and then I think when I was and and Ketty Lester and and um, oh gosh, I can't think of the names of it. Oh, oh, the Shirelles and people, all different mixture actually. But I don't think any heavy heavy music, if I if I if I remember rightly, and I, I didn't think anything like that. But you know, all the, all the the hits, pop pop music, I suppose. 
Bobby V, I was thinking about. That's right. I learned to jive to Bobby V, rubber ball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still listen to music regularly or is that not part of your everyday um, life? Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, um, I I have an Alexa, which I didn't really want, but I have what I, <laughs> as a gift. Um, but I, I find it really um, useful if I want to know who wrote a classical piece, and then I'll find. You know, it's it, there's a lot of st good stuff you can get from it. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, but when I paint, as you know, I'm a painter as well. I like to listen to. Um, I listen to some of our things and um, I've just been commissioned to, to paint Let It Grow and Carpet the Sun. So that's two paintings I'm going to be doing of those. I like to have old English movies on in the background. But um, I love Rufus Wainwright is one of my favourites at the moment. It has been for a while. I really yeah. love his music. Love it. And of course, yes. And Steve Hackett, people like that. And uh, Genesis, you know, from the old days. And... Um, Oh, a lot of those we played with. Oh, we played with Yes in, in, in the 70s. I remember that. We haven't played with Genesis, but uh, Steve Hackett's a friend of mine now, mm -hmm. which is nice. He's, the, you know, isn't he the best guitarist in the world? Yeah, he's fantastic, actually. Oh, the, uh, the, yeah. So when you, when you listen, do you, do you, oh, is everything through the Alexa or do you have a format that you like? Do you like vinyl still? Do you like uh, CDs? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't have time. To, to do different things. So many people say, why don't you get this? Or why don't you get an, iP an iPod or blah, 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 blah. blah. I, I said, I can't do it. Because the thing is I'm, right now, because you know we're, we're getting uh, all the uh, the DVDs out of the door, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's my, I, I can't, it's very difficult to, to think about my art 100%, but because I haven't been working, I have to think about that because that's the only way that I can make any money right now, you know? And, and so, um, but uh, there are, you know, there's going to be plans soon, very soon for next year. Uh, and I'm confident that there'll be something interesting going on, but, um, and we have to go back to Brazil because we're rescheduled there in March and I'm not sure what it's like there right now. In fact, I have to make a phone call later on. Um, but that's been rescheduled three times now. And then we're, we're um, headlining that at the Prague in July in Lorelei. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm, I'm sure by then it's uh, it's going to be clear and we can go over there, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully. When you look back at this, uh, this amazing career that, that you've had and the band has had um, 50 years, certainly that must have never entered your mind when you audition to be in renaissance what what do you think uh, the legacy of this band and your work uh will be when it's all said and done i think that i it, um it we've always been unique i think we had a lapse when we did timeline we, we started to change with as you adore after we, we were being pressured after northern lights was a hit which is obvious you know it's money yeah. stuff and that was kind of a scary time um, and we kind of lost it, I think, yeah, Timeline and Camera Camera. Some great songs on there, but but songs that anybody could sing. You know, we lost that, the, the uniqueness, but then we came back in 2009, Michael Dunford and myself, and we started it up again. And we, we said, we have to go back to our roots. And and we came out with a Grand in Ale Vento and did well. Um, but this music, there's nothing like it. I, I can't tell you. I, 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 it, it's hundreds of letters and emails from people, particularly during the pandemic, saying how the the music and my voice have, have just helped them so much. And I've, we've had that for years. I mean, that goes for a lot of bands because mm -hmm. everybody's tuned into a different kind of wavelength. You know, everybody's everybody's got their own belief system and their love of certain bands and they usually stick with them. And that, that's the thing that's kept us going is the, the amazing fans that we have all over the world. That's what I wanted to do or would like, if there's something that, if I had a wish now, that would be to be able to take this band with the orchestra that we have all over the world. So people, you know, and not charge exorbitant prices you know, pay just to get through it. And that's all just so that the people can hear that music. There's nothing like it. I'm very proud of, of everything that we've done. Betty Thatcher, as you know, was a huge part of the band, really, in a way with all the, you know, I've done a few lyrics later on, but 
She's she was the star of all that. She was so wonderful. And so the lyrics as well are, are, are so deep and, and, and beautiful. Um, is as well as the music so much in that in the band really this is we had and I think the five of us you know which was myself Michael Dunford John Tout Terry Sullivan and John Camp that was the essence of the band that that start that where we you know we took it further than the original Renaissance and we started it was it became our own and there was nothing like it and there's you know I don't see I haven't seen anything like it since to be honest. Um, but we will still will always play that music because people want to hear it and we love playing it. Yeah. The you mentioned the Brazil trip that's been rescheduled. How how many dates did the pandemic interrupt for you guys? Well, I think we had uh, five dates in Brazil. Um, then I was going to Portugal with my friend Patrick Moraes, and we were going to be we do, we were doing a duo together. Um, which we were really looking forward to. <laughs> There'll be a lot of laughing in that one. Yeah. Um, um, and so everything was planned out, got the airline tickets all sorted out and everything, and, and then the pandemic hit. Oh. And I don't know. In fact, I'm glad you uh, you mentioned that because I think I might find out if they, they think they might be doing that again because it was it was in Portugal in a place called um, Gouveia. Gouveia. Gouvier, Gouvier, I can't, I can't never get it right. And it was up in the mountains, this really old village, and there was an old cinema from the 50s. Okay. And they made it for a rock, rock um, festival once a year, like a three-day weekend thing. And that's what we did. We did that with Renaissance a couple of years back. What year was that? 2015, we did that. Yeah, that was just phenomenal. But... Um, what was the question? <laughs> just, just, you know, just asking how, you know, what, what events you had planned. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then, and then was the, um, the, the Germany. We were flying there for one show and they'd asked us before and we said, we can't, we cannot come if, if we can't, if we can't do any other shows in Germany or get another tour together, which was, it's not as easy as people think yeah you know and so we had to keep refusing it because the money wasn't enough to get us there and back and pay our fees you know for the band but then they made an offer we could but that we we didn't want to refuse it just made made it meant to make it happen and so um we're just flying over for, for the one show steve hackett's opening up on the no I, we're doing the friday night headlining and he's headlining the saturday night and so um and then also um, I got my Christmas show was cancelled because I do a Christmas show every year in my, with my solo outfit, you know, and that's always good. And there was something going on in England that I can't really mention because I, it may still happen. So it might not be appropriate to mention it right now. But that was on the cards. I was being flown out for this special event. So, yeah, it, it, but when it happened, I would be waking up in the morning and thinking, did I, do I remember yesterday everything was cancelled? You know what I mean? And then then realising it was it was happening. It wasn't a bad dream. It was like... Yeah, yeah it was a big Groundhog's Day type thing for oh, everyone. Yes, for everybody. <laughs> I mean, I, what do you do? I mean, it was the worst thing of all for us, I think, and, and a lot of bands, you know, are the same, is it, it broke up the momentum. We'd worked so hard since 2009 with the band you know and mm -hmm. we'd done a lot of great things uh, uh and it was just kind of moving up we could just feel it you know the momentum was getting more and more and, and now we've lost two years yeah it's been uh it's been crazy it's yeah. been i know that you know i've talked to a lot of musicians through through this uh, medium and and you know they all kind of say the same types of things that you know they were you know they were able, some some were like they were worried they couldn't make a living others were worried they couldn't you know fulfill their obligations they've made to the fans and, yeah. and, and and all of that kind of played into it and it's been a tough time mentally i think for everyone oh gosh yeah um you know when we we did the the show at the castle it was 2019 october mm -hmm. 12th i think and uh gosh when, when, we, when we got the, in fact i was due to go to um brazil two days before uh, four days before everybody else to do interviews and we've got these amazing interviews lined up oh globo is a huge tv station mm -hmm. a newspaper and it's not easy 
to get on on things like that and that that was all lined up and it was really exciting very excited to go i've got friends in brazil now i've been you know a few times and it was so exciting but we were rehearsing on the 12th and the 13th of march and on the 12th you know we were talking and 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 i i said look i said i think i don't think we can go to brazil i i, I don't know we'd get back so uh we we did rehearse one day and then I said, let's get together in the morning and then we'll call our agent. And he told me straight away, he said, Annie, don't worry. You know, we've uh, we've we've had to reschedule the show until August. Cause... And then March. No, same again. Same yeah. thing. Just so kept going and kept going. It, it was. Yeah. So it was it, it was heartbreaking. And, you know, apart from us, you know, what about the promoter? You know, you've got to, you. you, you you have to lay out money when you're a promoter to to hold venues and different mm -hmm. things. And then you've got to worry about, are you going to get the ticket sales or do people want the money back? And, oh gosh, what a, what a job that is. But yeah, I, um, Brazil, I just pray that it's going to be okay. I know it's a bit of a mess down there. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be political at all. It's mm -hmm. not my place here, but yeah, I just pray that it, it happens. I've got a good feeling about it, but I, I, it, uh, particularly about Germany, I think we'll mm -hmm. go back there. I think and that, that's going to be exciting as well. You've been asked through the years, Annie, to uh, contribute to vocals. You contribute vocals to other artists' albums. Uh, some of the, the ones that stand out to me, at least recently, I say recently, but it's been several years for some of these, the, the Night and Day EP with Magenta. in the end that you did with with John Wetton and Jeff Downs for Icon. Take what your dreams allow Every day's awakening is kindling to the flame All our memories will serve you as friends Time's no enemy cause I like to be invited to do other artists songs with them and, and how do you decide which ones to do and how to approach those well actually to be honest i haven't done very many at all um except the ones you mentioned uh and being on a tribute album you know with mm -hmm. steve howe you know turn of the century and ripples mm -hmm. whatever but no and i in the 70s really when you'd think that the that you would be put forward for different things but it never happened with us. I don't know why. And I, I was like a little bit naive on business stuff and everything. And I didn't think of it because we worked so much. You know, we were always touring. And so I didn't really think about, oh, I'd love to sing with that person or that, per you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, the magenta thing was lovely. That was a surprise. Um, and um, what was the other one you said? Uh, you and John, oh, John and, and Jeff. Well, yeah. John Wetton was in Renaissance in the early days. I think right. he played four shows with us. And um, yeah, so yeah, that was uh, wonderful uh, to, to do that with uh, John. And of course it was Jeff, Jeff Downs um, icon, wasn't it? The thing they called themselves. Yes. Um, but um, I, I, 
had um, the, my birthday last year, which is coming up again soon. Is <laughs> um, uh, my friend well, Jeffrey Langley, the keyboard player, who's the youngest in the band. He's brilliant. And um, he set up uh, up at his uh, future in-laws place. No, his in-laws place up the road. And it just so happens that he's in up my street. What's the chances of that? <laughs> no chance, really. But anyway, they, they, they had a birthday party for me. We, we wore masks and everything and the distance thing. Mm -hmm. And then they showed me, then they could put a little computer in front of me, you know, laptop. And they did a video for me of, of lots of people saying, you know, happy birthday. Um, and um, Steve, Stephen, Stephen, Joe, Steve Hackett and Joe were on it. Um, Jeff Downs, um, um, Michael from Opeth. Okay. Was on it. He's a huge fan. And, um, you know, other friends uh, in the business, uh, my band or my band members and everything like that. And it was wonderful. And what I did after that is I contacted Jeff about a month after and I said, shall we write a song for John? And he said, what a great idea. Yeah. And so we ended up in the next within the next month or two, you know, going backwards and forwards. Um, I did the rough. Uh, you know, I, I wrote some, he sent me a piece of music and not a lot of people know this, I don't think, is that John was a big fan of ABBA. Okay. I didn't know that either. So Jeff thought, let's do like an ABBA-ish song. And <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. It's called Stars in Heaven. Um, he, he, he already had that title. He, he, and, and so I wrote the words for it. And I, I was I'm, I'm mess, messing around in my art studio here with a um, my a garage band actually just to do the back you know just to I'm not, I'm not technical but I at least I made it so that he could understand the words and whatever <laughs> and then I went up to Rave Studio he sent me a, 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 a proper backing track and Jeff and then I put my um, words on it and it, it, and uh, you know, recorded it, and it came out really great. And so, what's happening with John? Um, they're doing the, um, his manager, uh, Martin Darvill, another friend of mine, um, and he he was, uh, you know, I think he manages Yes and Asia, uh, but he um, he's putting out. I'm not sure all the details, but it's going to be a box set of John's work, and this song is going to be in that. So that's really exciting. Really excited about that. So that's maybe this year. I'm not sure. I know they're working on it now. They've been working mm -hmm. on it for a while while, you know, people haven't been touring. So, well, I have to keep some, I have to keep some, uh, some clearance on my credit card limit then for that one, because I'll have to have that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. Oh, what a, you know, John, John's bass playing was fantastic. Um, but, uh, his voice is unique. Yeah. I would say, for me, John Wetton is is a his voice was the voice that I wished I had growing up when I was listening to what he was doing, you know, in all of his iterations, UK and yeah. and, and Asia and everything. And and I just, you know, something like his Rock of Faith uh, title track from his Rock of Faith album. Those were songs that I just said, man, I if I could do one thing as good as John Wetton does that, yeah, uh, it, I would it, be it was just. And then we got to sing together on uh, Blood Silver Like Moonlight, mm -hmm. you know, which is on the um, uh, Grandinale Vento album, which we changed to Symphony of Light at one point. Out of the night He whispered a word that stirred my mind there
that that was wonderful to do that. He did his part in England though, but but it was beautiful. But yeah, I mean, if anybody's interested in this box set, which I'm sure there's a lot of people out there are, then his website uh, is where you're going to find details of how it's getting on. I'm not, it used to be, I think, johnwetton.co.uk. It used mm -hmm. to be that. So that's where, and that's where they'd hear this song in the, in that box. It's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, is what else are you? What else do you have coming up uh, other than this, well, this wonderful know, 50th anniversary? Yeah, um, I, I may have an art show. Just realised I may have an art show locally. Uh, myself with, with the local gallery, um, uh, but uh, as far as with the band, um, the, the, there won't be any. Langley actually is doing he's got a separate project with is a band he's got his own band mm -hmm. and I'm going to be doing some vocals on that so I'm looking forward to doing that with him and um and then I've got my Christmas show coming up this year uh, at the Sellersville Theatre and it's we we never know well we missed it last year of course but we have such a good time we always think how is it going to how are we going to do it this time because something always happens that makes it even funnier and more interesting every single year we do it it's really it's really great and then next year uh then uh we're working on um brazil i'm sure you know praying that that happens and then uh germany and then we're hoping to do i think probably in the fall we want to do um another tour i don't know whether it will be our last mainly because of my age, you know, as much as I hate to say it, um, mm -hmm. um, but my I still have my five octaves, and but I, I think it'll happen. I've got I, when I usually visualize something, it happens, and so I'm visualizing it happen, and, and then to do more to do something special, something else special in it as well. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to do something. That's for sure because it's it's my big year. You see, there you go. Yeah. Before I let you go, Annie, um, I just want to ask you one last question. The the through the years you've become sort of this iconic voice in in symphonic and progressive rock, almost a symbol uh, for for women in prog rock. Are you comfortable with that mantle? Is it something that you enjoy? You know, being being known for or or? Yeah, no, I think that's that's wonderful. You know, I've I've heard from other singers, and they you know that 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 they you know that they, they've listened to me and they they love my voice and and it's helped them you know um but yeah no i i i like that um again that that i guess that you know my voice is unique uh th that's the other thing you can have well when you if you want a hit single or you really want to do you've got to have everything you've got to have a great song you know you have to have a a great voice great musicians you have to have the whole package yeah um and i think i'm just really glad that it was we were in the 70s i, I it just i can i see myself at that audition now you know i got dressed up in my 70s tapestry long floor length coat with my hair parted in the middle i looked the part i mean that was who i was then you know but it was so different back then you know to what it is now um I know that everybody a lot of well a lot of bands have been doing these um zoom things you know to keep the fans um happy and everything but it, it you know Rave and I talked about doing something but we'd rather them if we didn't do anything else have the shows that we did in their minds that you know the last like this dvd basically yeah. um and rather than me singing mother russia in my kitchen <laughs> but i think i mean some of them have been great i mean yeah. and if they can make any money that's great but it, it's never been about money for me even though i need it i mean and i'm i feel blessed that i can paint because i love it so much and i you know and i it, it's it's different again it's like my voice really my art is different you know if anybody wants to see it then go to anniehaslam.com have a look but um I love oh god I love it with a passion I love it with a passion just like I love singing
out. Your fans do too. And uh, Annie Haslam's, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, I wish you the best of luck with this. It's called Renaissance 50th Anniversary Ashes Are Burning, an anthology live in concert with the Renaissance Chamber Orchestra. <laughs> 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 it is yeah it is long isn't it you can take a, a breath in the middle if you want okay yeah i, I hope it does well obviously cherry red had sold out of the first uh first allotment of it but uh get on amazon or, or wherever well, and no they don't no get they we're, we've got it okay go right to your website i mean if you're in america you don't want to pay the price to you know to to get it from england yeah that's true yeah, I mean, just go RenaissanceTouring.com and they can go buy it there. That, that's okay. definite. That would help us survive right now. You know, yeah. you get a better you get a better deal with that than than anything sold through other outlets. Well, the, it, 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 we're selling it through ours and it's mm -hmm. ours. Right. right. We've, got, we've got um we've got the rights for for the, for the album uh, for um, North America, South America and Canada. Okay, great. So, but yeah, we need that. We need those uh, sales. That would be good. And uh, yeah, if anybody's interested in my art, you know, website, pet portraits, paint songs, I'll paint anything. Well, not anything. <laughs> <laughs> Almost anything. I, I have, I have a, a, a bedroom. <laughs> Can oh, you that, <laughs> it's funny, yeah. People say, uh, when I, yeah. I'm a painter. Can you come around and paint my house? No. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Annie. Uh, best of luck with the, oh, with the uh, box set. Thank you so much, set. Michael. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.